Welcome to the Darren Batchelder Multifamily Real Estate Investing Show. Today's guest is a multifamily syndicator based out of the D.C. area and founder of Birch Prosper, Brandon Jenkins. With over eight years of experience in the real estate investing sector, Brandon has a diverse background in both single-family and value-add apartment deals, owning an interest in over 2,900 units in key markets throughout the Sunbelt states. He's an engineer turned real estate investor with a keen eye for underperforming commercial real estate assets with strong potential upside. Get ready for some insightful conversation on multifamily investments, market growth, and value-add strategies. This episode is sponsored by Cashflow Portal, real estate syndication software that accelerates capital raising. I'm both an LP and a GP in many multifamily deals. I've used many different software applications for the capital raising process, and I like Cashflow Portal the most. I'm so confident in the software and the Cashflow Portal team that I've become an investor in the company. If you are a syndicator looking for a software platform, then let the Cashflow Portal team know that you heard about them on Darren's podcast and you will automatically receive three months off an annual contract. You can find the company at cashflowportal.com. Welcome to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show. Each week, you will learn how to grow your wealth through real estate investing, be introduced to the players that are getting it done, and learn how you can get involved. And now, here's your host, Darren Batchelder. Hello, everyone. Today, we have a very special guest. We've got Brandon Jenkins. Brandon, appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So a little bit on how we know each other, um, and then we'll get into it. So Brandon and I, this is the first time that we're talking, but we're both part of the same multifamily mentorship group, um, the Brad Sumrock group out of, out of Dallas. You know, we might talk a little bit about being a part of a mentorship group later in the discussion, but um, that's how we know each other. I see him on social media all the time. He's got a, he's got a great podcast called the Capital Stock Podcast. And um, so I'm really interested to hear what he's got going on. And hopefully um, you guys will learn a lot as well. So with that, Brandon, can you share a little bit about how many properties and how many units you're invested in? Yeah, I sure can. Just uh, wanted to express my appreciation once again for having me um, on your amazing uh, podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, so I am a limited partner in 11 deals and a GP, a co-GP in three deals. And so the total total unit count there is around 2,900. It's a little bit over 2,900 uh, units. And um, I like to share with people that, you know, I started off on the single family side. I know we'll kind of get into this in a bit here, but I, I went from 12 units um, on the single family side up to then 2,900 plus units. I know it's not one-to-one because -one I'm not a sole owner, but um, it still directionally makes a, makes a difference, I think. So um, I want to get into, I'm going to get into the single family side and then the transition into multifamily. But before we do that, maybe sh uh, can you share a little bit about your, your background, um, you know, professionally? Absolutely. So, um, so I started off uh, as a petroleum engineer. I worked in oil and gas for 10 years and um, I, I really enjoyed the business. It's one of those things where you get to work on 
um, highly technical projects. You get to work on uh, in kind of these inter-functional teams. And so you get really accustomed to um, really relying on the expertise of other people in the group. And so I worked in that for 10 years. I started off on rigs. Um, you know, I started off uh, onshore and then offshore. So I had some experience there. Then I worked as what's called a reservoir engineer. So you're a little bit closer to the balance sheet. And I got very comfortable at that point with spreadsheets and all those kinds of things, working the numbers. Um, so during that time, though, I worked through three different downturns, the second of which was a major downturn. And so if you're familiar with sort of the recent history of oil and gas, uh, you know, in 2014, 2015, the price went from 126 or so uh, per barrel down to like, I don't know, 18 or something like that bucks a barrel. Um, and so I saw firsthand what happens when you are um, a part working in an industry that is tied to a commodity um, and where the personnel and the headcount is very closely tied to that as well. So around that time, I, I decided to take action on what had been on my mind for some time. So I'd always been interested in building wealth. Um, but at that point, I knew I needed to take action. So I started investing in single family properties. Um, I had a buddy of mine who he actually flipped uh, properties, a really smart guy. I went to check out his operation and then said, you know, I like what he's doing, but I kind of want something that's a little more stable. Um, started off on the single family side, eventually got to 12 units. And this was actually um, over a couple of years. So I kind of, you know, hit the gas um, pretty hard there. Um, but uh, at that point, I decided to pivot to larger properties. OK, and um, I started off trying to get you know deals myself and they fell through for various reasons, a lot of which was my own sort of fear and hesitation. Sought out mentorship and um, I was in Houston at the time. So there were a lot of meetup groups there um, and I sought out groups that that were doing apartment deals. But that was when I discovered syndication deals um, because a coworker of mine shared that with me. And so fast forward to now, um, you know, I've, I, I invested in deals passively and actively, like I mentioned there. And, um, you know, that's kind of the, the gist of my story. It started off as a way to sort of hedge employment uh, risk or unemployment risk. Um, but then I really fell in love with it. And, um, and after that, I just, you know, I, I can't get enough of it. I can't shut up about it. And that's why I'm rambling now. But, um, <laughs> so that's, that's the long and short of it there. No, that's, that's fantastic. I mean, a lot of great things out of that. So, you know, look, being a petroleum engineer, I don't want to go down the, the tax rabbit hole too much, but like, you know, real estate investing, there's a lot of tax advantages to it. And in the, in the oil and gas space, there's a lot of tax advantages also. So why did you choose uh, real estate over investing in, say, oil and gas type of investments? Uh, that's a good question. So there are two things. One, at the time that I started in real estate, I actually didn't know that there were as many opportunities to invest privately in oil and gas as there are. Um, so as I got deeper into my my uh, career as a as a reservoir engineer, then I became more and more apparent that, you know, my goodness, there's this in other world that I really didn't see. And it's, it's kind of funny how that works, because when you're, you know, on the corporate side, um, you know, the, the private uh, investment side is not pushed as much, you know, you do realize that there are deals taking place, but just not to the degree that, that they are. That's, um, that's, yeah. that's funny that you say that. Cause I mean, on the real estate side, I've, I've been a member of a lot of different golf clubs and mm -hmm. until I got involved with, you know, the, the mentorship group that we're in and meeting other people and networking, I didn't have anybody that invited me into a private placement deal, yeah. you know? And so here you are working in the oil and gas industry but you still did weren't seeing those those deals. That's correct. That's correct. I, I'll share with you 
So there is a, a role that's called a, a landman in, in oil and gas. OK, and, and a lot of times these are the um, individuals who will go out and uh, pursue relationships with landowners. And um, if it's on, on uh, a shell play, as an example, so they'll go in and uh, build relationships with landowners so that they can strike up a deal with them. And, and that's a role that you probably haven't heard of if you're not in the business. Right. But those guys, they actually t- tend to know that there are a lot of private deals taking place and some of them will be involved with your private deals on the side as well. Um, some reservoir engineers might know, but usually you don't know. And so you're right. It's, it's not it's not that readily available um, or the awareness is definitely not there. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it really is interesting that that takes place, but it's just a huge volume of private deals that take place um, in that industry. Maybe So Brandon, that is interesting because, um, you know, I see some people in the multifamily world now even that are starting to diversify, you know, maybe capital raisers, you know, that are starting to diversify and start starting to offer up oil and gas investments as alternatives. And uh, I, I don't know anything about the space, um, but, you know, giving people access, I think that, you know, that's part of the reason why I started my podcast. I'm sure that that's part of the reason why you started yours mm-hmm. is to get the word out and let more people know that you can get access to these private placement deals, yeah. you know, whether it's real, real estate or otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, I think it is important to share that, you know, I think um, in the past, you know, I would say that the complexity of oil and gas um, deals maybe was kind of a barrier uh, to the getting into the private um, space. Um, I think that now that because there, there are a number of outfits right now that do a great job of sort of putting the information out, but they distill it down to the pieces that as an investor um, that you would need to understand. I think that one of the challenges is if you try and go it, I don't want to say go it alone, but if you want to, if you try to um, get into that space without someone that has the requisite knowledge to help you, um, then then you're just, it's, it's almost like gambling. But if you have someone who can read logs, you have someone who can understand pay zones, the thickness of pay, what type of approach the operator needs to take in order to um, maximize, you know, their, their output from the, from the, uh, from the well or from the field, um, then now you can start to say, okay, I can understand this piece and I've had some conversations with the right people to help me understand it. So the subsurface part, I think, is where um, that was a barrier in the past. And so I think now people are starting to address uh, that and make that information readily available for investors. That, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, basically having a guide, you know, having somebody, you know, because look, I don't know the oil and gas space and I'm reluctant to invest there because I don't understand it. And I have a guy in my men's small group, you know, Bible study group that he is in an oil and gas. And so he wants to learn about multifamily. I want to learn about oil and gas. So we're going to, we're going to help each other through that. But that's, I think that that's a part of what happens in the, the real estate world too, is that there's people that they've always wanted to invest in real estate, but they don't fully understand everything. So, you know, how do you proceed? How do you actually take the next step? So do you see that also with you, with people that invest with you? Um, yeah, I, I see that a lot. You know, I think that uh, like I have a meetup group here in, in DC and um, one of the things that, uh, that I see is, um, is fear of, of taking action among some people. It's, it's funny because you see this, the, the full spectrum, some people who take it and run with it, um, some people who, you know, intend to kind of take a much longer time um, understanding more and more about the business. But 
But if you take a little too long, then you kind of risk that uh, analysis paralysis. Um, and so, but then there is that middle ground where it's like, okay, I've absorbed enough. I'm ready to take action. And I, I do see that. I think that I like that you mentioned having a guide because for me, that's that's the important part. So I, I'm going to make a quick analogy, if I if I may, between yeah, um, oil and gas and say multifamily. So if you can imagine, you know, someone saying, okay, listen, you know, Darren, we, we have this sub market broadly understood. We know that there is an asset there that meets your criteria and that would be an, an incredible deal. Um, but we don't know specifically physically where it is. And so we're going to blindfold you. We're going to put you in the middle of the submarket there and we're going to have you walk straight for 100 feet. Every 100 feet, we're going to turn you to the left or to the right in hopes of potentially hitting this asset that we think is there, but we're kind of uncertain. OK, so so if you can imagine like some, you know, someone doing that to you, putting you in the middle of the street and, and oh, by the way, we're not going to stop traffic. You know, so um, so it's a it's a challenging thing to do without someone to say, well, let's cut that 100 foot back to, say, 10 foot every 10 feet. I'll go ahead and course correct you. Okay, so that's the to me, that's the benefit of having a guide um, in either space, certainly in multifamily. And that's what I've seen is is if you have someone that says, listen, you know, here are the things you know or you need to know to take just a few steps. And then every time you take those few steps, then I'll go ahead and pivot you to the left or to the right. I'll be with you, um, you know, and, and then we'll, we'll get there. So I think that having someone to help um, the people who are interested in investing every step of the way or every few steps then it's, it's extremely helpful um, for them and, and, and for, for, for yourself as well. I think for me, I've learned a lot by helping other people. So, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You've had people that have helped you and then you've helped other people. And I think that that's also a piece, like I talk about it as the ripple effect. Like I think that people don't realize it at first and I didn't realize it at first. And I don't know about if you, if you did, um, you know, but in the beginning I was just focused on how do I build wealth for my family? You know, how do I learn about this space? How do I, you know, um, you know, have capital preservation? And um, but then all of a sudden, as you gain success, then other people in your network are like, hey, how'd you do it? And then you start teaching other people. And that's a joy, you know, to be able to, to help other people grow their wealth and, you know, and, and learn you know, something that they didn't learn before. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's a joy. It's extremely fulfilling. Um, I, I like to use the term that it's a 3D win, a three-dimensional win, because you make a positive impact on your investors. You make a positive impact on the community and the tenants where you operate, and you can make a positive impact on yourself and on your family. So you have this ripple effect, like you mentioned, um, to where you can truly genuinely benefit um, all parties in, involved and or influenced by the work that we do um, and for some people, you know, it sounds a little corny to, to say that, but it's, it's true. I mean, it's it's what what is a joy about this business, like you said, because, you know, it's not a transactional uh, thing. You know, it's, when we have investors who trust us and who say, listen, I want to uh, partner with you on this opportunity. You know, you've you've uh, made good on your commitments. You've done what you said you're going to do. It's fulfilling to to then have them go with you on subsequent deals or even if, you know, they skip a deal or whatever it is. It just it feels good to make a positive impact on them. And for many of us, that's what keeps us in this in this business um, is knowing that, listen, we, we are genuinely making a positive impact and not a short term. one. We're making a long term impact on people's lives. And so it feels really good to be a part of this. I completely agree. Like I and I didn't some of these things you don't realize that they're the benefits until later. Like, so my first syndication deal, 
you know, it was about how can we raise the money and get the deal done and, and, you know, learn from the process. And, but then I've come to believe that like these syndication deals are, are, are a way for me to serve. Mm. You know, I've been, I've been in church where like people love, you know, to sing on stage. That's their way of serving. There's some people that love to teach the, the little kids, you know, and, and I like, or paint, you know, someone's house or clean up garbage on the side of the road. But I can always like, well, where is my, where do I want, you know, what gives me joy in serving? And I'm like, holy cow, this is an awesome mechanism to serve because everybody, every one of your investors has a different need for that, those funds. So if you can grow their wealth, some of them, it's about, you know, sending their kids to college or buying a car or vacation or, or retirement. And like you said, I also love walking across the, the property and having a tenant stop me and say, thank you. Mm. Like this property looks so much better. Like where I live, I have so much more pride in. Mm, certainly, certainly. And I think that it's, it's you found your calling, you know, is what, is what we like to say. And I, I think that um, that's extremely powerful. And I would agree. This is a this is a service uh, based, you know, um, undertaking business. That's one, one thing I tell I tell people a lot. Um, and I, honestly, I realized this even when I started off um, on the single family side, because um, at, when I first started, I didn't have a property manager or anything like that. And so, um, you know, I, I had to make sure that I did what was needed in order, what was necessary in order to make sure the tenant was satisfied. So I realized fairly early that, you know, this, this is kind of a, and this is about service. And so what I would share with people is, listen, this is a great business. Um, you, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you can make an impact. There's a lot of upside for yourself and that kind of thing, but it's definitely about service. And so I think that for people who go into this and, um, and they, if they never find that out, cause it's okay to not discover it initially, I think. But for people who struggle with that, so um, so I'll give you a quick uh, quick example of um, someone that is actually very close to to me and, and to my to my wife that I was able to make an impact on, and it's a good friend of mine uh, that uh, he and I went to school together, so we went to undergrad, and he and his wife they've gone on to you know they're both dentists and um, you know re really successful at what they do, and so we had a, ca a call just the other day where he reached out to me and shared that listen you know, we really trust and kind of respect what you've done. We thank you for the education and for making sure that you guided us through this process. And we're looking forward to partnering with you on more opportunities going forward. And so just for me, it was really fulfilling, kind of like we mentioned there, just to to know that I'm helping to share with them a new avenue to continue to build wealth, you know, and to help them uh, make sure that they can reduce their tax base, right? Because they could then use that um, to manage the taxes more effectively. Um, so just all around a win for them. And it's really a joy to, to know that, hey, they, they've been close, we've been close for years now, and we're able to sort of continue to grow in even a more powerful and more impactful way. So again, just really, uh, really is a service-based service, uh, service -based business. And just, I, I, I love, I love that, uh, that you mentioned that. And that's, that's huge because, look, there's a lot of people that are really good at what they do. Your, your buddy is, a, you know, really good at being a dentist and they do very well financially. There's a certain amount of time that they can allocate to learning other things. And so the fact that he can trust working with you and that you help educate him and point him in the right direction is a huge value to him. And, and um, so that, that's huge. Now, hey, let's go back to single family because I think that 
when people think about getting involved in real estate investing, people think about, oh, I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to rent it out. And that is the, probably pe what people think of as being the least amount of risk and the easiest to get into. So help me understand, one, you know, why did you choose single family? And then two, you know, now that you've transitioned on to multifamily, what do you see as the differences? Um, yeah, so it's a great, great question. You know, I um, initially my reason for getting into single family was exactly like you said. Uh, my first thought was it was it's familiar. And um, and I thought at the time that it was a, a sort of a low risk um, type of investment to where if there is a mistake, then it, it won't hurt too much and these sorts of things. And so it was really fear. I, I, I have to say that it, it's it, now that's not to, I don't want to knock it too much, but it, for, for me and for many people, the reason why we say let's go single family first, it, it's, it's fear. Um, and, and now, now that I'm on the other side of, of that, and I understand kind of the benefits of economies of scale, velocity of capital, all these things, I, I would, I would tell anyone who is considering that, that it might not seem like it, but there's more risk, I believe, on the single family side, because there's a couple of things that we need to talk about here. So one is per transaction, um, you can get significantly more units, more doors if you go the multifamily route. If you are on the single family side, you know, usually people's portfolios are not going to, you know, be 100, you know, single family units or something like that. You're going to have maybe 20 or less around there. So any uh, vacancy that you have or vacancies, you're going to feel that significantly more than you would on the multifamily side. You have one you have one uh, uh, series or one set of structures per door. And so if you have a catastrophic failure on any one of those, it's going to impact, you know, that property for the long term It's going to be down until you can renovate it. And that that's not uncommon. That's happened to me because I, you know, I started off in a, a market that was just outside of Houston. And so, you know, we had tropical storms and all these kinds of things. Um, so it just it's it might not feel like it, but I believe there is significantly greater risk. Um, vacancy risk is a very serious um, piece there. When you compare your operating costs um, and how, uh, you know, if you have a multifamily property, your effective operating cost is actually lower because you're spending. Yes, you're spending uh, you know, your OPEX. But it's not on one door. You're, you're spreading that now across, you know, however many doors are impacted or need whatever work it is. So it is a very, very different profile. It's you're also a part of a team, which I think is probably the biggest. I mean, one of the biggest benefits here. So a challenge for me and for many people who are on the single family side is you go from wearing all the hats to now saying, OK, here, let's each take a hat and let's do one thing really well. Um, some people have a problem with that because they're used to wearing all the hats, but then others like myself realize, oh my goodness, you're telling me that I can um, share the load a bit. You're telling me I can rely on someone else who's much, much better at project management than I am. Someone who's much better at making sure that the contractors, general contractors are doing what they need to do. You know, someone who's much better at, um, at broker relationships or whatever it is. Um, so it is it's it's to your benefit then as an investor to say, I want to be a part of a team because we're going to get so much more done and it's going to take um, less time. It doesn't mean it's it's easy, but it does mean that you get to focus a bit more on your strengths. So that's why I just for me, as soon as I discovered syndication deals, I mean, I just I absolutely ate it up. And, um, you know, I, I think that it just makes a lot of sense. It really does. I agree. I think you hit all the points. I mean. Vacancies, 
look, you have a single family house, you go from 100% occupied to zero. Someone moves out. And that's not happening in a multifamily deal. You know, um, the other thing is, and, and, and I never bought single family. So you tell me whether this is accurate or not, but I think that some people, when they first get into it, they think of, all right, single family, it's easy. I'm, all right, I'm, whatever my rent is, say it's $2,000 a month um, times 24,000, that's 12 months, 24,000 less my expenses, and then I've got my, less my mortgage, and that's my positive cash flow. But they don't build in any vacancy in the, in the model. It's like perfect case scenario where every multifamily deal that I've seen builds in, you know, occupancy or vacancy, and it's built into the equation. So if you know, if you have 5% or 10% vacancies and you're above that, that's gravy. But in the single family world, I think that people underwrite to perfection. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that, and what's, here's one thing that's, that's interesting too, is that even if you find someone who um, underwrites a little bit of vacancy in there, you know, let's say that they, they, it just so happens that they put 8% in there. One thing that most, um, I don't think I've ever seen a model that underwrites uh, kind of maintenance issues that can wipe out a year's a year of cash flow, okay? Because I've had, I've had that happen. It's not uncommon. I had a compressor go out on a property, and there it goes. It was like thirty six hundred bucks or something like that. Well, that's my you know that's all the cash flow for the year that's gone there. Um, and so I've never seen and 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 the, the thing that's interesting is so in a model, yes, you want to you want to make sure your model captures all of the likely scenarios. And so someone hearing that might think, ah, well, you know, is that likely? Yes, it is. Okay, so, and so again, there are many models that don't capture these kinds of things um, and account for it. And you're right, in, in every multifamily model, they not only have um, a, a vacancy very well captured and characterized and planned for, but they also have working capital. Okay, and that's, that's another thing that you don't really see people underwrite to for single family um, you know, types of deals is there's, there's no, there's no, uh, budget or no, there's no bucket for working capital. I want to say too, that you mentioned that you started off, um, with multifamily and I think that you're right. People, we, we have this misconception that I'll start off with single family because it's easier is look to me, your starting point is your starting point. Okay. And I think that, um, it, 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 it's the exposure that you have. It's the education. It's the people in your network that will help you make it easier or hard. You know, familiar is, is I understand the, the general benefit of something that's familiar. That's the reason why I thought, you know, I could start single family. Um, but had I started off with multifamily, I would have been on pace to, you know, to have a larger portfolio, to have a better understanding, you know, because it took me, say, five years of single family to then say, oh, let me make the shift. OK, and I believe that that's unnecessary. Right. I think that if your goal you know, if you have the goal of time, freedom, location, freedom, financial freedom, and real estate is the vehicle, then why not go after the thing that helps you compress your learning curve and increases the velocity of your capital? Um, so I believe that multifamily, um, unless someone just loves single family, okay, fine. But I believe that multifamily is a much more efficient vehicle to achieve the goals that, mo that many of us have. I, I completely agree. Um, I think that some people... You know, you, you mentioned the word familiar a, a number of times, and I, I would also lump in their mindset, you know, because when I, when I first started, I didn't do, I knew I didn't want to do single family homes, but I, 
I bought a duplex, you know, it's, it was still, that was like as far as I thought I mm. could go. Right. And until I did it and then, and I, I was scared to do that, you know? And then I was like, man, I need to do some, I need to go bigger. And that's when I went searching for a multifamily mentorship group. But, um, you know, get started with something, you know, whether, you know, you, whether it's single family or duplex or threeplex or fourplex, but to, to your point, you don't have to, there's other, we've seen people that have just started and their first property <laughs> is a hundred plus unit property. And I, and I've had investors that are syndicators tell me that they have an easier time uh, getting financing and managing their large hundred unit, 200 unit complexes then when it comes time for them to refinance their house. Yeah. You know, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And, and I, I would agree. I mean, you know, I, I understand why people think that it's, it, it doesn't sound like it because it's one versus a hundred, you know? So, and I think that might be it. Um, I think you're right though. It's, it's mindset yeah. and it's mentorship. Um, those two things, in my opinion, really can enable us, you know, just people to do far more than they think. Um, and, and that word, you're right. I've used familiar a number of times, but again, it's to me that, that when someone says that it really is kind of a bit of fear that that's starting to come in because it doesn't have to be familiar. Absolutely. You know, you can, you can, you can go after right. something that, um, that is, that gets you a little bit uncomfortable, but as long as you have the right guidance, mentorship and mindset to do it, you can get there. Um, you know, and for me, that's what was key is my first step into the multifamily space was to seek out people who were successful at doing it. And so when I lived in Houston, I remember, like I said, my, my uh, former coworker, he said, Hey, listen, you know, I found out there's a meetup that's local and these guys are talking about large deals. I know you want to do large deals. So let's go check it out. So we started to go to these meetups. We met some people who had success at doing the thing that we wanted to do and we were hooked. And so we would go to, you know, meeting after meeting. We found out there were other meetups in the area where people are talking about different approaches and different markets. And we just ate it up. But, um, you know, we had to shift our mindset and sometimes exposure to other people who are doing what you want to do can be the catalyst to help your mindset make that or help you make that a little adjustment to now having a mindset that says, oh, my goodness, you know, all these people are doing this. I can do it. Um, and so, um, look, my, my experience is for most of the people who say I have to start off with single family because it's easier and because it, I won't you know, get hurt. Usually those people don't actually seek out mentorship. You know, what they will do, though, is sometimes they'll, you know, they'll, they'll pull up the computer and, and start to Google kind of things like what's easier about real estate, what's, you know, the things that really, that really cater to what they already um, are thinking. You know, how can, what's the easiest way to get in? What's the way to get in with the least amount of financial risk? And, you know, and how can I get into it without feeling getting burned too hard? And then they're going to, yeah, they're going to be steered toward the single family. But if you say, how can I very quickly achieve my goals using um, real estate as a vehicle? How can I increase the velocity of my capital and take advantage of economies of scale to where I can very quickly, um, in a reasonable amount of time, achieve my financial goals? I think that they're going to point you to things like what we're talking about, the mentorship groups that, that we're in, um, multifamily as a vehicle, you know, going bigger, faster. But, you, but that doesn't mean doing it in a way that's not conservative. That's another piece, right? You can still conservatively scale. And that's what we're talking about. Absolutely. So you talk about mentorship because... You know, there is a, you know, for us, we've seen the, the value in it, right? Um, but there's some people that are reluctant to pay to go to a conference. They're reluctant to pay somebody to teach them something. 
Um, what's your what's your view on all that? So my take on this, it's very simple. Um, you're going to pay one way or the other. Okay. And so <laughs> you, you are either going to pay on the front end or you're going to pay on the back end. Um, and a lot of times the bill on the back end is many times greater than what it would be on the front end. Um, especially if, I mean, real estate is, is not, you know, it's something that you, it's a capitally intensive type of undertaking. It's very rewarding, financially rewarding, but the mistakes that you can make without the proper guidance and mentorship are significant. And for some people, if you don't have the right mindset, um, you know, to say less about, you know, finances and capacity, but if you don't have the right mindset, one of those mistakes can take you out of the game. Now, all of a sudden you think real estate's a scam. Um, but if you go into the right mentorship and the right program where you have people who can, in one conversation, can change what you were planning on doing or a strategy that you were planning on implementing or sharing with you, hey, you need to make sure you read this contract because, you know, you might be, if you go into this deal, you might have to pay, you know, some uh, a huge amount of capital up front that you weren't planning on otherwise. You can have those single conversations with someone who's been there, done that, and it can save you years of, of time and, you know, hundreds of thousands, sometimes tens of thousands for sure, but sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars on a deal. Okay. And it is that, that serious. You know, I think that it's no exaggeration to say that. Um, so, so for me, that's the value of mentorship and that's, and I want to share something too. Okay. Listen, sure. Uh, before I got into this space, one of the things that gave me pause was because I didn't have anyone in my personal circle who was doing this. And so I had the misconception that, well, when I, if I try to go in there, then I'll have to pry this information from people. You know, people won't be as sharing and as giving. I found it to be the complete and total opposite that um, regardless of which group I, you know, I might've touched um, and which person I've spoken with, I don't care if they're doing a hundred million dollar fund or anything larger than that. They have been extremely open and sharing and saying, listen, here are the things you want to try and they have an abundance mindset is what that's called. So, so for me, I enjoy this space. And these are all the reasons why I think mentorship is a way to compress the learning curve. Um, and again, yeah, you're going to pay one way or the other. So you might as well, um, you know, make sure that you have proper guidance, proper leadership um, to help you achieve your goals. Yeah, that, that's huge. Um, you know, you said something that I felt, you know, you, you get in that room with other people and you get surrounded by people that have already done what you want to do. And then you say, hey, if they could do it, I could do it. Right. But in your sphere of influence, if you're in your network, if you didn't have that that model, then you could either just say, you know what, I don't have that model, so I'm just not going to do it. Or you go search it out, search for somebody in these mentorship groups. Yeah, you're paying somebody. That person is going to is bringing a lot of like minded people together. And, you know, I've had people say that they went to a conference and because I think that some people think okay, I'm going to a conference and I just have, and the only value I'm going to get is from the speaker, whoever the speaker is. And well, I can just find that on YouTube, you know, but I've had people that have gone to a conference, multifamily conference, and they found their business partner. They were sitting next to them or they talked to them out in the hallway and now they've been doing business together for the next five, 10 years. You know, like, well, they may have lived in completely different cities, not known each other, you know? So that there's so much value to that. And to your point, you know, to have somebody say, hey, 
you know, before signing this contract, you may want to look at this. Well, that can save you a ton of money and heartache. And, and you're, you've got investors involved, so you're, you know, you're saving them money as well. So um, that, that's huge. Um, so where do you go from here? You've got a meetup group. You've got a podcast. You're, you're in D.C. now instead of Houston. Uh, you know, where do, where do you go from here? Um, so I'm looking to grow. So I, I founded Birch Prosper, um, you know, because my, my approach is to be able to target certain assets and strategies depending on where we are uh, in the market. And so my goal is to continue growing. Um, and I want to start to build out really the infrastructure to support about a, if, a, a deal a quarter, but it, that's my pace. But again, it's, it has to be based on, you know, strict criteria. So I'm not going to forego criteria just to pick up a deal. Um, but for me, it, it's, it's definitely growth. So the DMV, it's a very interesting area because um, you have the capacity here. You know, you have it's, it's an area that has a very high like household median income. You know, education is high, all these things. But the level of awareness of these ki- kinds of opportunities is not quite um, there. Um, and it's partially because of, you know, the market dynamics are not the same as, say, like Dr. Sunbelt. Um, and so that's one of my goals is to bring the awareness here and that's what you know prompted me to say, you know, we need a meetup, and and we need to make sure that there's a, a pipeline or or a way to share this information that will lead people to action. So that's kind of my my goal for really getting the word out and getting the education out here. But um, in terms of my my firm, yeah, it's it's definitely to continue growing, build out the infrastructure to support a deal a quarter, um, and to go from there. So awesome. So you've done both a meetup and you have a podcast. Where do you you know, which one of those do you feel like has brought you more value, brought other people more value, has more has had more of an impact? Uh, that's a good question. You know, um, so here's what's, what I've the meetup, in my opinion, has brought more value to people who would um, at the time of the event express that they have benefited from it. And what I mean is here, here's the difference. So on the podcast, I've had people reach out and say, man, you know, that one point that you made in an episode really made an impact on me. In fact, I had one, one, one person who he's an investor. And um, what he mentioned is that in, I forgot which episode, but one thing that I share with people is, hey, listen, you know, try and pick up the phone and reach your mutual fund manager. Good luck with that. Right. But I, but I, tell, right. Them, right. But I tell them, if you have someone who's managing a deal, who's a lead sponsor on that deal, who's your contact, you can pick up the phone and, and have a conversation. If they're local, they'll go grab coffee with you. And so he, he picked up on that and that really resonated with him. And I don't recall which episode I, I said, I think I've said it multiple times on, on the podcast, but so that's had that type of value. The meetup though is, you know, I've had people who said, listen, you know, I think you, I really appreciate that you've established this community. Um, you know, I've needed a place to come and learn from people who are actually taking, you know, massive action in this space. I've had people to partner on opportunities together. Um, and so that's very fulfilling. And so it has that sort of near term value um, for, for people. So it is a little it's a little different. Um, and it's harder to say which one has had more, to be honest, because they've, they've, they've been different forms of value, you know. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's difficult. It's, that's a good question. It's difficult to answer that one, though. No. 
Hey, if people want to reach you, what's the best way for them to get to know you better? Sure. So um, I'm on LinkedIn. So it's Brandon Jenkins, a very common name. It's hard to find, but I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I post a lot there. Uh, my, you can email me always. So it's Brandon.Jenkins. That's B-R-A-N-D-O-N dot J-E-N-K-I-N-S at birchprosper.com. So that's B-I-R-C-H-P-R-O-S-P-E-R.com. Um, I'm also on um, Instagram at Bridge Prosper. And then, of course, the Capital Stack uh, podcast. Fantastic. Well, Brandon, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I, I have so many more questions I want to ask you, but <laughs> we're running out of time. Um, hey, I, I love your heart. I love your, your, uh, your service for other people. And, that, you know, it's, it, being in this world, like, you think that everybody is already exposed to it because you take it for granted, but there's so many more people that need to be reached and, and told that they have an opportunity. Um, so thank you for coming on. Listeners, I hope they enjoyed that one. Until next week, sign off. Thank you for listening to Darren Batchelder's Real Estate Investing Show at darrenbatchelder.com. If you liked the episode, please provide us with a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. If you already provided us with a five-star review, then thank you. And please share the show with a friend. <laughs>